like a river wash over me Burst me in water as deep as the sea Hide me in love, you hear I worship your majesty Worship your holy name Jesus my everything All that I am is yours I pour out your praise from Holy Spirit. Lord, have your way as I worship your majesty, worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything. All that I I worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything, all that I am is yours. Send revival, Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit, heaven break out. Lord, come in power, cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Oh, Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit, heaven break out. Oh Lord, come in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? Oh Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now, a move of your spirit, heaven break out. Oh Lord, come in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? Oh Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now, move of your spirit, heaven break out. Oh Lord, come in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again, heaven break out.
send revival, Lord send it now, move of your spirit, heaven break out, Lord come in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again, oh Lord send revival, Lord send it now, move of your spirit, heaven break out. Lord, come in power, cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? Heaven break out, heaven break out. Oh, heaven break out, heaven break out. Oh, Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now, a move of your spirit, heaven break out. Come now in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? Good morning, Journey Church. We are so excited to have you guys with us. My name is Presley, and we have your Sunday morning announcements. Grace Resources is packing up food for families here in the Antelope Valley, and Journey Church would love to help out. We need volunteers right now to head over to Grace Chapel every Monday until COVID-19 is over from 8.45 to 12 p.m. If you want to help out and serve the community, that would be so awesome. This food will go towards elderly and also families that just need help during this really difficult time. If you want more information, you can contact Sharon Johnson at s.johnson at graceresources.org. Every time we give, 10% of that goes to supporting incredible projects in our community and around the world. And we're gonna continue doing that over the next several weeks as we navigate this unique season of life that we're all finding ourselves in. We're ramping up our efforts to support these kind of causes, and every time we give, we're a part of that. What's up, Crash? I hope you guys are doing well. If you guys missed last week's sermon, go on over to our YouTube page. We have the sermon there for you. We also have stuff on Instagram always being uploaded. So don't forget to turn on notifications. That way you guys won't miss anything going on. We have tons of stuff being published throughout the week. Um, that way you can stay up to date. You won't miss anything. And if nothing else, we'll see you Wednesday at seven. The best way to stay up to date here at Journey is through our social media, our Instagram and Facebook but remember to turn on post notifications so you can always be with us and not miss a thing. We're trying to post uplifting and encouraging content for you guys every single day. We're also practicing a weekly fast every Tuesday and one of our team members will be going on Instagram Live at noon to pray with you guys and encourage you through the fast. This is an awesome time to help share the love of God throughout our community. We're trying to as a church, but you can also do it too in your own home. If you have an elderly neighbor that needs help picking up groceries or if you know someone that could just use a friendly text go ahead and do so we're all in this together hey journey been missing your guys's faces so we're excited to launch an opportunity to connect online 
You can join us on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 7.30 because this is a time where the isolation period is really tough. So let's do it together. We're gonna take some time just to pray, uh, to talk, to connect, and honestly just to see each other's faces for an hour a week. Just download Zoom, preferably on your computer for the best experience, but any of your other smart devices will also work. We're gonna be sending out a link later on this week through our social media and our newsletter where all you have to do is click that link and you're in. We may be practicing social distancing for the next season, but don't do this alone. We look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday. Easter is just one week away, you guys, and we are so excited. Even though we can't celebrate with you in person, we would love to do so online. We have some really unique experiences coming up and we cannot wait to share them with you. This is also a really good time to invite someone new to church because it's never been easier since you could just do so virtually in their own home, eating breakfast in their pajamas. We cannot wait to see you guys next Sunday. Hey, thanks for joining us as we go into week three of our online series. This is a very unique time for all of us. Um, for the staff, you know, we're busy behind the scenes, but man, I've just got to tell you, I am just not enjoying this disconnect where we're doing this through video screens. Um, I, I miss you guys so much and I can't wait for us to be together again. But in the meantime, I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity to gather still at our normal times on Sundays and just to worship together, to open the word and just to really take some strength and courage from what God is saying in, in this moment in our, in our life, in our world. And so I'm grateful you guys have all joined us today. And before we go any further, um, I just wanna take a moment and pray. And I wanna have you guys join me in prayer because there are a whole lot of folks right now, I know the COVID-19 thing is um, escalating and we talked about last week that it could get worse before it gets better and it does. And so there are a lot of folks that are just right now in physical duress. We have some folks right from our own church who are um, COVID-19 positive and so we need to pray for their health. We also have some friends and family members who are affected by this financially and personally. So let's take a moment and just pray for these folks. God, we wanna thank you for the fact that we can gather today, and in spite of the fact that we're spread all over um, the Antelope Valley, the state, the nation, in fact, some folks that are different parts of the world, I'm grateful for that. But God, what, what I really want to do right now is I just want to just draw in close to you as our Abba, our Father, and just bring a request to you because there are folks who are hurting right now. This is a very strange and painful time. A lot of folks are suffering. A lot of different ways in which people are, are just reaching out right now. And I pray, Lord God, that this would be a time where not only would you heal and protect and provide for those who are going through the physical aspects of this, but for those of who are facing emotional and financial, relational turmoil. God, I pray for our first responders and those who didn't have an option to take their jobs home for the last couple weeks. There's so many people who are right now still on the front lines, and God, we just pray your protection provision. Give our government wisdom, give our scientists and those who are searching for remedies a great understanding, and God, bring about a quick and final release from this the grasp of this horrible thing. And we just ask you to just be with us now as we seek to learn from you today in Jesus' name. So as we now uh, dive back into the teaching for today, um, we're gonna pick up, I was really wrestling with this, and this is one of those times when I just keep spending hours in just you know prayer and, and concentration of God, what is it you're saying? What is it you're up to right now? How can we as your people really lean in, tune in, and, and adjust our hearing to, to really pick up what you're speaking and then to be responsive, to take action in the ways you would call us to? 
And um, I just feel prompted to continue in the vein we were in last week and we're gonna pick up where, right where we left off in one of the most powerful and popular uh, passages of scripture ever written. This is Psalms uh, 23. David the king was, uh, was just a mighty warrior. He was a shepherd at one point, but he's also a psalmist. He wrote some beautiful music, and this is one of the greatest that he ever wrote. And so we're going to pick it up today, and um, we began last week by talking about verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. God is my shepherd. In fact, the image of God as our shepherd is throughout the entire Bible. One person did a count and they came across 700 places where the idea of shepherd or sheep is represented in the scriptures. It's everywhere. And when you look back through church history, early church fathers and early Christians, Christ followers, actually used this as one of the, the great places where the imagery helped them face persecution. It helped them through times of famine and plague and difficulty and even death. They faced it all because they were holding on to their hand of their good shepherd. So I wanted to just be an opportunity for us to draw strength and encouragement and hope today as we get back into this passage. And we're going to pick up in verse 4. So Psalms 23, verse 4, and here's what it says. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you are close beside me. You're close beside me. Now remember, David was a shepherd when he was younger, and David says, even though I go through those very difficult times in the darkest valleys, and, and we're talking about those canyon places where there were crags and hiding places where there were predators probably present and where the shepherd had to lead the sheep through to greener pastures. And, and David's saying, like, I remember those times, and God, you were with me in those times. And we talked about last week how the verse where it talks about the, the darkest valley the valley of the shadows actually can be translated the shadow of shadows or the darkest dark. So it's like you're in a well-lit room and you can see everything and you're comfortable, you know where everything is and you, you just like, you're, you're, you're fine. And then all of a sudden, there's no fear. And then all of a sudden somebody shuts off the lights and instantly you have this sense of what's going on around me. There's no light, you have no sight, you feel vulnerable, you feel like you're defenseless, and that's what David was saying it feels like in some of these moments. Those moments where, for whatever reason, it feels like the lights go out in your life, and all of a sudden there's darkness, or there's confusion, or there's uncertainty. And that's what I just wanted to talk about today because um, through conversations I've had this past week and with friends and family members and folks in the community, uh, folks throughout the church, one of the things, there, there's some different feelings that are arising now. Not only is fear kind of one of those that we're dealing with, but uncertainty. How long is this going to last? And how many people will be infected? And will, will it affect me and my family? And how close will this get? And these questions, this uncertainty, it's like there's a big question mark over all of us right now. And this is what David was saying, even when there's a question mark over our reality, even where everything seems like it's out of sorts, that is when those darkest moments, the dark of the darks, the darkest of dark, shadow of shadows, that's when we have the good shepherd. That's when God is leading us. I won't be afraid, he said, because you're leading me. Now, something I found that was so interesting this week as I was studying this passage again, Notice that in the first three verses, David refers to God in the third person. He talks about the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Then we get to verses four and five, 
and it all changes. That's when David starts referring to God in the second person. Now pick this, pick this up. If you wanna pick up your Bible and read it with me, here's what it says. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. So why does David switch from talking about God, the he, to talking to God, the you? Why does it change in verse four and five from he's talking at this kind of a neutral position of he does this and this is what God is like to this God you and this is a personal thing, your rod, your staff. And it's a subtle difference linguistically, but it makes a huge difference personally. And that it changes everything. It makes all the difference in the world. So here's what I find, and this is what I think. The change happens after David goes through the valley of the shadow of death. It's after verse four, where he talks about the incredible shadow and the very difficult and trying times in life. It's after that point that David all of a sudden shifts from talking about God as a disconnected reality out there to God, you are my hope. You are my reality. You are my God. You lead me. So that brings us to our first thought for the day. When you follow Jesus, the good shepherd, he leads you through the dark valleys. Now, friends, this is a powerful truth, and it can change your life. And, and it sounds so simple. We, we've all heard it before, and that's why I, I struggled even going over these passages again, but I just feel so compelled to just bring us back to this place. Because here's the thing. I, I don't know anything that has the power to transform our lives like dark valleys. And, and here's something I wrote down that you may want to get in your notes. The transformation from a distant religion to a personal relationship usually happens in the dark valleys. That transformation where religion is something out there and it's, it's oh, I believe those things. That transformation from it's him, he, God, you, I mean from his to you, it's when we go through the dark valleys. It's almost like those are the times where we really get to experience what we believe and we get to draw in and it becomes personal, it becomes real or not. This is when you find out what you believe. And David felt those shadows closing in. It was like crisis point in his life. And in those times, something deep happened between him and God. And, and maybe you're noticing it too, that we talk more about God when we're going through the green pastures and the still waters. But we talk a lot more to God when we're in the dark valleys. Maybe when things are good, we keep God in sight. It's kind of like a child with his parent at the playground. As long as everything is great, they're kind of like, oh, there's dad over there. Okay, I'm good. But when things get dark or when things get scary or when things get uncertain, they don't want to just be able to see him. They want to be with him. And that's how it is with us and God in these times. David changes from talking about God to experience a relationship with God. And because during the, that very dark day and those dark valleys, he came to know God not as just a religious belief or as a being out there who created the world, but as his shepherd. And the point of this is, is God really seeming like, do you feel, do you sense, do you really get this gut sense that God has got me? He's my shepherd. I, I can completely trust in the midst of all that's going on, the uncertainty, this valley is one he's going to lead me through. And this is where I think, man, if we can take a, just a clue from David, this is the time that we would say, God, I want to press in right now. 
I want to experience you personally. It's one thing to hear pastor talk about it. It's one thing to hear my grandma or a friend or some coworker, but God, I'm, I'm ready to really move in and experience you personally. I want to have that sense where you are my shepherd and not just the God out there, but you are the God right here. You're the one close beside me, like David. Now, here's the takeaway, and, and I just want you to keep this in mind. Let this time of uncertainty drive you to Jesus. Let this time, let this experience, let whatever you're going through that kind of unsettles you right now, let that drive you. Let that be the vehicle that just brings you in to that closer relationship where it's not, you know, out there somewhere, he, him, his, but it's now you, me, and mine. It's personal. So, so I want you just to move in. This would be a time where you take the shepherd's hand. This is where you take your father's hand and you get right up close. So how do you take his hand? <clears throat> well, this is really important. And, and I feel like this was so providential that over the past year, we have given you multiple series about how to get close to God, how to walk with God, disciplines and things that you can use to really hone in your skills of listening to and responding to God. The series that we started with last year that was The Healthy Me, um, The Way, Your Best Life. All of these things are part of the way that God uses um, tools in our life, trauma, trouble in our life, and difficulties in our life to draw us close. And when we respond well, it transforms us. So I just want to encourage you to go back to maybe some of those series. We have them online on our website. You can get them and just listen to them again. If you're curious, how do I take God's hand? How do I like literally move in close to the shepherd and, and let him lead me through these dark valleys? I don't think it was coincidence that we had all those experiences together. I think God was preparing us for what's happening right now. And I just, I just encourage you to go back and take a look at that. Because the question I have for you is this. Once this season is over, Will you be stronger? Will you be more full of faith? Will you be richer in your belief and your connection with God? Will you be better? Will you be deeper? Or will you just be a few months older? This is one of those opportunities where it doesn't just have to be a time that we just kind of survive. This is one of those moments where we can literally thrive. It can make us, it can change us, it can shape us. And it's all about how you handle this dark valley, really, learning to trust him, learning to go deep with him. Because friends, here's another truth. What you do in your dark moments will define you. Let me say it again. What you do in your dark moments will define you. Now that's how David you know, prevents fear from taking over because during the dark valleys, David learned to trust in his shepherd. Because when God is with us, we know he'll lead us through. When God is with us, we know he can keep us on course. When God is with us, we know he'll meet our needs. And so that's what I'm saying. This is a moment, folks, when you just want to move in close because your shepherd wants to lead you through the dark valley. I refuse to panic. I will not be afraid. I will not run around in anxiety and tension and fear, David said. I know you'll lead me. So when we follow the good shepherd, the second thing is that he will protect and guide our lives. He will protect and guide our lives. David found great comfort in the fact that the good shepherd was carrying tools in order to keep him on track. This, this is what he said in verse 4. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. They protect and comfort me. Now, the rod and staff were really huge symbols, um, powerful images in the Hebrew culture. And the author Philip Keller talks about in his book, 
a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm. And in his book, he says, the rod was like a short, um, kind of a club-like device that shepherds used to defend the sheep. And it was something that they could throw at, a, at an on approaching uh, predator. It's something that they could whack something with. They could wave it around. It was really useful um, to protect the sheep. But not only that, it was used at times to discipline the sheep if they were really stubborn and were going in a way that could cause them damage or harm. He would just give them a little nudge with that. Um, that's, what, that's what shepherds do. They use the rod for the defenseless sheep to protect and guide. That, then there's that staff. And we read that, you know, shepherds had the staff, which was the longer st stick with the hook, perhaps in the end for most or many of them. And they would use that to guide the sheep, gent gently nudging them and tapping them and keeping them on the correct path. If they had a tendency, which were, these were very steep uh, hillsides that they were walking, sometimes they had to keep them on a better path because they could stumble and fall. So they would use the staff to guide them. They would also use the crook to lift them out of dangerous places or to guide them in that way. So the rod and staff are reminders that God has, first of all, the rod represents authority. It's a power device. It's something, it is also interesting that in the Hebrew word um, rod, it is also a word that's translated scepter. So it has this idea of the one in charge, the one who has control. And what David is saying, God, I'm giving you complete control. God, I'm looking to you as my protector. I'm looking to you because you hold the power. Right now, in all that's going on, God, I see, I see you have the rod of control in this crazy season. I see that you are guiding the world in spite of all that's happening. I, I see that you have given me the opportunity to draw close to you and you'll take care of me and you'll keep me on a good path. That's what David is saying as he looks at God with the rod. He looks at God with the staff and he's saying, God, I know that I know there are times when I'm gonna get off. I, I know there are times when I'm not gonna hear your voice as clearly. And so I'm grateful that you hold that device that will bring me gently and encourage me and you will hook me if I need it and pull me out of a rut when I need that. His rod and his staff, man, it comforted David. And, and I know it's not common symbology here or it's something that we hear of much, but it's, I wanna just say that that is something that we can great, take great comfort in as well. God is guiding and protecting us. The rod and the staff reminds us the power and guidance of God are with us. Now, there was another book. Um, it was a book called Scouting the Divine, written by a gal named Margaret Feinberg. And she wanted to learn more about this psalm, this whole idea of what shepherds go through. So she actually went to a, a place in Oregon where she could study sheep. And she worked with a shepherdess, a, a female shepherd, to kind of learn what this whole process is of taking care of sheep. And it was interesting, she writes about this, that one of the things that surprised her as she studied this was when the shepherdess came on the scene and when she would call out, didn't matter where they were, the sheep hearing her voice, and there were other people that would call, but no response, but when the shepherdess, when the caregiver of that group of sheep would call out, they would all come running from wherever they were to surround the shepherd. And that she was so taken by this, but she was even more surprised by the next thing is that once the sheep came around, this shepherdess began to tell her specific details and information about which parents were over which little sheep and which ones had been with her for how long. They each had a name. They each were cared for individually. She knew all their problems. She knew all their weaknesses. She knew all the things that get them in trouble. She was very clear on all of them. She knew them by name. 
And that was something that they were, these weren't just a gathering of these little furry creatures. These were her sheep. And what Margaret wrote, writes about is the fact that how as a shepherd, God has taken us as his sheep. When we step into a relationship of trust in God, he literally wraps us into his little you know, sheepfold. He makes us part of his family and he knows us by name. He cares for us as individuals. He knows all our weaknesses. He knows our heritage. He knows where we tend to go astray. And God cares for us this way. We are his sheep. I love John chapter 10. <clears throat> Jesus said this about his own life as he looks at the people who follow him, his followers. He goes, I am the good shepherd. And the sheep, my sheep, know my voice. And he goes on to say, I call each of my sheep by name. I, I, this is just crazy that God has such like love and care that he knows us all by name. It's just a great reminder that he knows you right now. He knows your fears. He knows the struggles. He knows your financial situation. He knows what's going on relationally with you. He knows what's going on between you and your work or your boss or the thing that you used to have. He, he knows this stuff. He not only knows your financial situation, the struggles, he knows your prayers. He's tuned in to your voice. The shepherdess was some, she was somebody that actually could tell by the sound the sheep made what their needs were. And that's like a good parent. That's like our father. He's listening to what's going on right now. And from the cry of your heart, from things you can't even put into words, he's tuned into what's going on in your life. He knows what you need. I love this. It's, it's easy to feel alone right now. I, I think it's interesting because some of the people I talk to, more than fear or anxiety, some of the folks that are, going, that are out there right now are going through something, it's even more interesting, they're going through loneliness and depression. It's like, how long will this last? There's a sense of isolation. Even folks who are kind of in the house with their family are feeling really disconnected from their normal life. It's interesting how when you disrupt our routines, how, what, what creatures of habit we are, how we get unsettled. And that's why the shepherd comes along and he knows our routines. He knows the systems that we're in and he knows when to disrupt our routines so that he can get us into a brand new place of awareness. It's so important that we understand God is here. He's close beside us. Not only is he the, the guide and protector, but this, this God who loves us, he's going to see us through. He's tuned in to what you need. He's working, he's moving. And in fact, I came across this this week and it just stuck with me. In unprecedented times, God moves in unprecedented ways. When God's people call on him, this is all throughout the scripture we learn this. When God's people call on him, when we tune into him and we just turn our hearts to him away from our own devices and our own ways and satisfying our needs elsewhere, but when we really tune into him, it says that he tunes into us and he moves in unprecedented ways. This gives us such hope and excitement as we think about where we're at right now instead of hopelessness and fear. Another truth I wanted, and this is the final one, when, when you follow Jesus, when you follow the Good Shepherd, he will fill your life with blessing. Look at what David said in verse five. You prepare a feast for me, a feast. And notice this, in the presence of my enemies, not like, it's not just good enough that God, you wanna celebrate and dine with me and have that, those times around the table with me, but you're literally parading your greatness in front of those who would take advantage of me. And it's kind of like, 
with the shepherd here, the sheep are looking up at the foxes and the wolves and the bears and those other, and they're like, you know, you, you can't touch me. And that's what David's saying. You literally parade me in front of those things that would destroy me. You literally show your power right in front of those things that I fear most. And he goes on, you honor me by anointing my head with the oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Man, that's rich, friends. The implication here is our cup can overflow with blessing. That God doesn't just want to lead us through dark valleys. He doesn't want to just keep us in these you know, places of protection, but he literally wants to help us discover the fullest possible life. He wants to pour blessing in us. And David said, it's not that you're just pouring blessing when everything is good. I mean, it's, it's, even though our life may not be perfect right now, you're blessing it. Even where I, when I'm in the presence of very difficult things, you're blessing it. Even when things aren't going my way, you're blessing. Even if it's not what I'd hoped or imagined, you're blessing. I mean, let's be real. It's easy to believe God is blessing when everything is up and to the right. It's easy to believe God is blessing when the stock market is just skyrocketing, right? Or the economy is cranking. It's easy to believe God is blessing when my health is good and my family is good and we just got that new thing and it doesn't feel like there's chaos everywhere. It's easy to believe God is blessing until something goes wrong, until the lights go out, until the dark season, and until maybe you get promoted to being your child's teacher and you were not prepared for that. Maybe it gets difficult because you're just feeling like things are all coming apart. But when life gets hard, that's when David said, when the enemies and those things would destroy me are all around, that's when I know you are the blesser. You bless me in spite, right in the middle of all those difficulties. In the midst of difficulty, and when we don't know what's coming next, when the situation is serious, when the prognosis is dire, God, I can find blessing even there. Even though things are hard, my cup overflows. And, and it's crazy. <clears throat> it's all about perspective sometimes. And, and this isn't just positive thinking. This is biblical thinking. Um, it's easy to focus on all the negative. I was at the post office this week, and it was one of those times where I had to go pick up a package. Once again, um, my package was too big to fit in the little mail slot, and so I had to go to the post office to get it. And, and when I got there, um, made the mistake of going around noon, and there was a huge line. And of course, we're all spaced six feet apart. Um, and it was just funny to watch the different interactions of people. There are some that were so terrified, they had their masks on, they didn't want anybody near them, they would just kind of let you know if you got too close. And then there was another gal who was just like, I'm not afraid, I don't, when it's my time, it's my time. And she was up and right up in everybody else's business and really putting people off. Well, there came a moment when, as we're all standing together waiting for our turn to go into the building, they wouldn't even let us in, but we were all kind of having conversation. There came a moment where I felt a tickle in my throat and I needed to cough. And I tell you what, I swallowed and I, I waited. And as that just kind of got worse and worse, I got that sense of panic. Like, I don't dare cough. I can't cough. If I cough right now, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm infected and everybody's going to want to get away from me. There are those crazy moments when it's like, man, in the midst of this, in the midst of this time, and it, and it could be funny and, and just goofy, or it could be just terrifying. Everything was going in that line. We had all these different people experiencing all different things, but in the midst of it. I heard this woman just begin to declare, hey, God has this. This is one of those things, and I got to join in and say, I know this is, a, this is one of those times we really get to press in and connect with people and help. And so right in the midst of that, there was a moment of blessing. It's easy to focus on the negative. 
It's easy to turn and just say, oh, this is all terrible. But when we stop to count our blessings, we lighten the load of our burdens. When we stop and count our blessings, it literally lightens the load of our burden. When, when you take a moment to just really call out what God is doing, it gets your attention on what he's up to, what the shepherd is up to. Let me just ask you, when's the last time you just paused and said, God, man, I just wanna take a moment and think about all the stuff that you have done in my life, and, and it just gives me hope for all the things that you are doing and will do. I just want you to take a moment right now, and we're just gonna wrap up, and, and as we do, I just want you to think about all the ways that God has delighted you in the past. Isn't it weird that we can have all these answers to prayer, and one answer to prayer is like, okay, that was good, but now the next thing. But maybe right now, we just need to stop and celebrate the answers that God is already providing, the ways that God is already just stepping in and providing as your shepherd. This perspective totally changes your life. And that's why I wanna do that, because the greatest challenge and probably the greatest tragedy of this season is not whether or not you'll live or die. If you're a follower of Jesus, you just get, it's like promotion day. We get to go on with him. And I don't want that. I'm not asking that for anybody, but I'm just saying that we have a better life even than this ahead of us. However, perhaps one of the greatest tragedies is that we'll come out of the season and get on the other side and be totally unchanged. Folks, that's what I wanna just call us to as we wrap up today, that there is a moment that we have been given. There is an opportunity we've been given to really rediscover who God is to us, to really learn to hear the voice of the shepherd, to, to take out that space of time every day where we just get in the scriptures, lean in and listen, where we spend time in worship, where we gather friends and family and just celebrate the good that we do have. And I just wanna take a moment to do that as we close. A couple things, we're praying for you and we're gathering together every week online here so that we can celebrate. We're praying weekly. We have our Tuesday prayer gatherings at noon on Instagram. You can join us on our Instagram and just go with us as we take the prayer and fasting lunch every Tuesday. Um, we're continuing to offer worship and daily encouragements on our social media. Don't miss that. We're continuing to help others through grace resource and opportunities for you to give and serve and connect with others who are in need. We're continuing to be the church. And I, and I just wanna draw your attention to that. And folks, one of the really important things you need to remember is next week is Easter, next week. And we want you to join with us and want you to bring friends and want you to get people connected for a message of hope and, and just of, of light in this very dark time. So don't forget that. But, but right now, as we close, I want you to just draw your attention to what is you're feeling inside. What is it that's going on? And I wanna pray with you. And I wanna ask the Good Shepherd just to step in and wrap his arms around us. Let's pray. God, as we come to a close of our gathering here online, it's, it's taken a lot to get used to this, but God, I know what you're up to in my life. And I sense you're probably up to that in a lot of people's lives. And what David said is he discovered what you were up to in his life when he was going through those dark valleys. You were transforming us. You were taking us from that place where you were a distant and a neutral he and him to a personal you with a personal me. You are working to make me aware of your ongoing presence, that you not only are leading us through dark valleys, not only are you providing and protecting us and guiding us, but God, you wanna pour blessing on us. And so I thank you, Lord God, as we wrap up today and this, this time that you are guiding us. And for everyone here, Lord, who just wants to take a next step, I pray that you would prompt them, open their eyes and hearts to trust you, 
and that this would be their moment. And folks, if that's you, if you are here and, you, and you've tuned in today and you have not ever made that step of just trusting God with your life, you can do that today. You can just um, click on the little link and it'll let us know to pray with you and celebrate with you, just saying, I'm raising my hand today, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Today, I'm, I'm taking the hand of the Good Shepherd. Today, I'm turning from life, trusting myself, and I'm asking God to lead me, guide me, protect me, provide for me, and I'm gonna turn my life over to Him. And if you wanna do that, let's do that right now. God, we just turn our lives and our hearts over to you. We confess that we have done it our way in the past. We called, the Bible calls that sin. We turn from that now and we put our hope in you, our trust in you, our faith in you, and we ask you to guide us and lead us. Bring your spirit to live in us and give us new life. Give us hope and understanding of what you're up to. Guide us now, Lord God, in the season ahead and give us the fullness of blessings, the life you've always dreamed for us as we learn to trust and follow you. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Folks, these are amazing times. These are crazy times, but these are really good times. And David wraps it all by saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's plans for you don't end now. They go on forever. And we're just so excited we get to continue the journey with you. So don't forget, grab your friends and family, tune in with us next Sunday morning for our Easter services. And in the meantime, we got lots going on. Don't be a stranger, stay connected. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. I raise a hallelujah In the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing Love the storm Louder and louder Gonna hear my 
King is alive 